If your community could use some retail coaching and inspiration for your independently owned businesses, today's episode is for you. So join me as we march on, on the Main Street Beat. We are so fortunate to have with us a true expert on this topic, the one, the only Bob Nagan, who is the co-founder of WhizBang with an exclamation point retail training and professional retail speaker. He's a consultant, a business coach, and an author. And Bob specializes in motivating and training independent retailers and helps them improve and grow their businesses with practical, actionable tactics and strategies. So he speaks to independent business owners in their own language. I can say this firsthand. You can understand and relate to everything that Bob is saying, and you'll find yourself nodding in agreement with him. You'll be drinking the Kool-Aid when you listen to Bob. Uh, So, and, you know, he's fun to listen to besides that. So he gives you in-the-trenches advice, and and here's something also pretty fascinating about Bob. And then I'm going to let our guest fill in anything I missed, but I know he himself was an independent retailer and turned a single kite store into a multi-million dollar toy store chain. Now, that's not an everyday accomplishment, something that Bob, I'm sure, is very proud of. So there's no question. We've got an expert here with us today. So let's just jump right in, Bob. Well, Julie, thank you so much. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm, I'm blushing here. Yeah, it's well, it's well deserved. <laughs> I mean, I think I read somewhere that you've got 30 years worth of experience in the retail space. Oh, more than that now. I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting older every year. Oh, so I had, my re- I had my retail business for 19 years. And then Susan and I have been, uh, we founded uh, Wizbank Retail Training in 99. So we've been doing this for Oh, almost 22 years. So, yeah, I'm I'm a, a battle tested veteran. Yeah, veteran. That's a good word for you. <laughs> and we're so fortunate that you're sharing all of your insight with our listeners today. This morning, it's funny, I'll just throw this in. I mentioned what I was doing and who I was interviewing today to someone who independently owns a business. And he said that they had you speak and you did wonders for their business. So that was a great little unprompted testimonial for you right there. So I believe it. Yeah, well... So, uh, you know, I'm in Michigan, you're in Michigan, and really that's sort of how I got my start as a speaker was, you know, just going to Chamber of Commerces and DDAs and Main Street organizations all across uh, Michigan. And then, uh, for you know, then I gra- graduated isn't the right term, but then I started speaking to trade groups and things like that. But really, I mean, so yes, and you're in Birmingham. I've spoken to the Birmingham DDA uh, a couple of times. Nice, nice. I'm sorry I missed yeah. that, but next time I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> okay. sitting in the first row. Uh, All right, good. All right. So today, Bob, what we try to do on the Main Street Beat is focus on a singular topic that we know our listeners would be interested in learning about. And I'm sure top of mind for everyone is what would your post-pandemic strategies be for independent retailers? I'm hoping that that's a good place for us to jump off. It's on top of mind for everyone today. And there have to be tried and true strategies that you could recommend for our listeners to help navigate their way. Absolutely. So let me just preface this answer by saying, you know, like I like I shared, you know, I've been doing this for a I've been in this game for a long, long time. And I have never, ever been more bullish on the future of small to mid-size independent brick and mortar retailers than I am right now. Wow. Okay. We want to hear that. 
and the pandemic is has brought about the changes that give me this optimism. I was optimistic beforehand, mm-hmm. but now I'm super optimistic. So what so pre-pandemic. So I say I say BC and AC. BC is before the coronavirus. AC is after the coronavirus. Okay, but, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm making a note of that. I'm going to I'm going to copy you. <laughs> I'm going to work that in. So before the coronavirus, pre-pandemic, the whole business model was really drive people into the store. Right. Yep. You know, all of your marketing, it was it was about, you know, bringing people into the store. Some independent retailers might have had an e-commerce presence, but rarely was it very good and rarely was it the focus of their business. And, uh, you know, it was a perfectly good model, but the pandemic forced everybody to change. And although, you know, I don't need to tell you, I mean, I certainly don't need to tell your listeners it was difficult. Oh, it yeah. was difficult. But but from that came lots of changes that are really, really important to our future. And when I say our, I mean, you know, Main Street, independent brick and mortar retailers, our community. Yep. Our downtowns. Yep. Yeah. Our downtowns. Absolutely. What it forced us to do is to change. It it literally dragged us <laughs> into the future. I know lazy isn't the right word. Gosh, these are some of the hardest working people out there. But maybe retailers had gotten maybe just used to running their businesses routinely. It was for lack of two things, technology and perspective. So perspective was, you know, if you can have success by being a better store, why not focus your energies on that? So people got better, right? They they build better teams, they trained better, they ran better promotions, they got better using the business model that they were living in. So th- that was part of it. And the technologies were there, but they weren't that important. So what the pandemic did was <laughs> it drug people into the future. So, uh, you know, during the shutdown, when everybody was quarantined back in March of 2020, I think I have that date right. You know, uh, we have a community called uh, Whizbang Retailers, a Facebook group. Yes. And I was absolutely and we did a daily podcast for 11 weeks. Oh, wow. Um, a live podcast, you know, sort of it was the whole what in the world are we all going to do? But uh, in this community. And, uh, you know, as part of the feedback to the podcast, I was just absolutely amazed at how quickly people adapted. So I'll give you a couple of examples. The first was building e-commerce capabilities into their websites. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody, I mean, it wasn't important. All of a sudden it became critical. People wanted to shop and they couldn't. They couldn't physically shop with you and uh, they missed that. And e-commerce provided that solution, right? E-commerce provided the solution. But I think the interesting thing, Julie, is that local people, the people who support downtown stores, the people who support Main Street, all of a sudden had a visceral look at or or look, I mean, figurative look mm-hmm. at what would happen if their favorite store or their favorite local business went out of business. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. so people always liked the idea of shopping local, 
But I think it wasn't until shop local shopping was endangered that <laughs> they went, holy cow, I better put my money where my mouth is. Yeah, such an important distinction. See, that's why we love and need you, Bob. That's a very important point about the realization that what local shoppers love so much about their hometown could all of a sudden vanish if they didn't do their part. Absolutely. So the merchants, because their survival depended on it, they changed. They, I mean, people were putting up websites, uh, e-commerce capability in record time. I mean, there's a study group uh, and, you know, it's just a study group. Let's build some websites. And everybody was getting their hands really dirty. So that's what I mean by the technology was there. But people just weren't taking advantage of it. Sure. I heard pre-pandemic, you know, oh, we're working on our website. We're getting our online store going. We've got it, you know, three quarters of the way done. And it wasn't that it didn't have the priority. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it stayed three quarters of the way done for three quarters of three years. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yep. So many took it over the finish line. Yeah. Yeah, they did. That's ex- They had to. Mm-hmm. They had to. And then they had to do things that they never would have done before. Curbside pickup, delivery, uh, all of these things. That's just one example. Another perfect example of, uh, uh, you know, taking advantage of existing technology and really making it work was live social selling. So live social selling might not be a household term for many. So, Bob, I know you'll drill down on this tactic for us and tell us how to put it to work. So uh, I'll give an example from Michigan here. So one of our uh, clients, um, Susan Glenn Wallace, owns a a yarn and knitting store in Bay City. It's called A Piece of You. And she was terrified, but she knew she had to do something. So she came into her store every day by herself, loaded up the camera, and did Facebook Lives Mm -hmm. almost every day. Mm -hmm. And what she found was that, All of a sudden, she was doing record numbers. In fact, lots and lots of our clients did record numbers through the pandemic. I heard the exact same success stories. And and not to digress here, but let's just recognize the stamina and perseverance that was needed by these business owners. You mentioned Susan going into her shop all by herself because she had to. She had to be alone but because she couldn't have anyone with her physically and because she literally had to go on. Okay, so I just had to get that in there, but let's go on. So they worked harder than they've ever worked before, but they were learning new skills. They were thrown into the crucible. And so all of a sudden, they started to figure it out. And the thing about struggle is nobody likes it when they're going through it, but when they're done with it, they go, oh, you know, they're so much better. They're so much smarter. They're so much more resilient. Through struggle, you gain strength. So, Bob, I think this is a good segue into what you refer to as the omni experience. Am I right? And by the way, I am nodding my head. As I said, I would be, and I'm sure our listeners are too, <laughs> nodding and taking in every word. <laughs> good, good, good. So, um, so as I was doing these podcasts, you know, every day, five days a week, I was, you know, listening to everybody talk on on this in, in Wizbang retailers and all of our clients and you know everybody was sort of getting really really dirty in this in this world figuring things out and what I saw was that it was that what 
it was about the experience. And I'm going to say this to all of your listeners. If you are an independent, you know, Main Street business of any type, but particularly if you're a restaurant or a, a, a retail store, your number one competitive advantage is giving your customers an authentic experience. Absolutely. It's that difference between shopping versus buying, right? Big box retailers typically can't offer the same meaningful interactions, the feeling you get when you shop with your neighborhood store. And let's point out that that's because it's these retailers' life, their livelihood, their lifeblood, and they're driven by their passion, and they want to share and create memorable, personalized interactions with real human beings that treat you like as if you're in their living room, not just a customer at the register. Yeah. So all of these things that uh, that these retailers are doing, um, social selling, uh, you know, uh, just all of these reactions to the problems that were happen- having uh, happening were all creating different experiences for customers. So think about, you know, BC before coronavirus, it was all about getting people into your store. Like, like you said, there were lots of uh, retailers who had a website they had been building for six or seven years and it was still th- only three quarter finished. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what ended up happening is then it, it, Omni experiential means uh, omni is a word that means uh, that, that is uh, Greek for many. And so what happened during the pandemic is your is customers got used to experiencing a business the way that they wanted to experience it. So, uh, you know, so all of a sudden the retailers realize that somebody doesn't have to come into my store to experience my business or experience my brand. Somebody can watch my social selling, my live show. Somebody mm-hmm. can watch Susan Glenn Wallace and they'll go, oh, I like her. Yep. She's fun. Mm-hmm. Connect with her. Connect yep. with her. Buy using comments, sold another technology that just mm-hmm. exploded during the pandemic. Yep. And so all of a sudden, you know, Customers had the opportunity to experience a brand in a way other than in store. They had more ways to experience a brand and buy. And so, really, what that I the reason that I'm so happy about the future is that when retailers get serious about giving their customers the kind of experience that their customers want not the kind of experience they want to give their customers, all of a sudden, you know, all of these customers are going to become hyper loyal and spend lots of money. And really it just, you know, the brand, the brand becomes a community, you know, Susan, going back to Susan in a piece of you, she said uh, she was talking to a woman in Montana who views her store in Bay city as her local knitting store. So not only have did, did the pandemic really teach Main Street retailers how to connect with their local customers, it also gave them the chance to really build a national, even international reach while keeping that local small town feel. Yep. So what you're saying could be said many different ways, but it's the difference of meeting the customer where they are, right? 
Yes. So, you know, so, so uh, I'm going to, just because I started with Susan, I'm going to sort of stay on okay. uh, that whole thing. So all of a sudden, and then I'm going to go you, and shop in Susan's store in Bay City. There you go. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her I sent you. Okay. So, um, but, but, you know, all of a sudden, the changes that have happened. So now there's not just social media marketing. Now, so so let's just talk about content marketing. This idea of authority plus authenticity equals, uh, you know, equals money. So a brand is a community. All of a sudden, Susan is out there. She's being herself. She's uh, clearly an expert in what she talks about. So not only does she have an opportunity to, you know, build relationships through technology, through doing these videos, but uh, all of a sudden, the, here's the thing, when you are yourself, when you are authentic, all of what's going to happen is you are going to attract like people, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Sure. And the people who aren't attracted to you are just going to go someplace else. But that's fine because, you know, loyalty is what drives independent retail. Sure, so sure. all of a sudden, if you engage in really good content marketing, if you understand how to make videos that will give your customers solutions to their problems, if you can create blog posts that are interesting, if you can, uh, you know, give your customers lots of different experiences that enabled them to experience it, you and your store and your brand, all of a sudden they're part of your tribe. And that's what I mean by community. Yeah. You've built a bond. You've built yep. trust. You've become embedded in their life. You're their go-to for yarn that's or right. whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, another one of our uh, clients, and she's one of a member of our, our highest level program, our Platinum Mastermind Group. She's got 10 stores uh, on the Delaware sh Shore. And she did five Facebook Lives uh, every week. So every day she got on, she get, did an hour, and you got to know Misha. She's larger than life, mm. right? She's got a great personality. She'd crack like a white claw or some local <laughs> low-alcoholic <laughs> beverage at noon, right? And so what started to happen was everybody who was working at home would tune in on their lunch hour. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, so, and she's bigger than life. She's mm -hmm. showing stuff. She's laughing. She's running around the store. She reformatted the happy hour. <laughs> she did. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so she's attracted customers, you know, so think of your customers as, you know, the, 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 total sum of your customers, you know, there's a certain percentage of them that are hyper loyal. Yes. And that's what I yes. mean by community. Yep. I've listened to you talk about reactivation and, and retention yep. and lifetime value, yep. customer lifetime value. Can you interject some of that into this conversation? Is yeah, that... absolutely. Okay. So th there's three ways to grow your business. And this, I learned this from uh, one of my favorite business thinkers, Jay Abraham, three ways to grow your business, get new customers increase the average ticket, and increase the number of transactions per customer. Now, when you look at that formula, you know, getting new customers, you need to get new customers, but it's a lot of work and it's expensive. Yeah. Increasing the average ticket is the most efficient way to build 
you know, your business, but yeah. you can only do so much. When I was in the toy business, I was never going to get my average ticket to $100, right? So there's a ceiling. But sort of the unlimited growth comes from more transactions per customer. So when you do that, when you look at that, you know, it just makes sense that you're putting your energies uh, primarily into your current customers. Uh, why? Because it's a lot easier to keep a customer than it is to get a new customer. It's less expensive too, right? It doesn't take as much. It's way less expensive. Correct. It's easier yeah. and it's less expensive. And once they know you, it's easier to get them back in your store. So lifetime value of a customer is defined as the total amount of money that somebody's going to spend with you. So once you get a customer, the smart retailers are looking at how do I get them back in again and again and again and again. And one of the things that happened in the pandemic is people went elsewhere. They started shopping on Amazon or, sure. you know, that everybody's habits changed. So, you know, one of the one of the things that I've really, really been trying to drive home to our community and that I'm sharing with you now is this idea of reactivation. If somebody was shopping with you pre-pandemic, one of the most efficient ways for you to get your business back or grow your business is to reach out to those people who were your customers, who haven't been in in a while, and do what you can to get them back in mm -hmm. and then get, you know, and then loyalty, you know, so how, you know, not just get them back in once, but this, this is where skills come in. You know, this idea of, okay, I am going to be intentional. I am going to be skillful. I am going to build my business in such a way that I am focusing primarily on getting my current customers to be as loyal as possible yep. and get to give them as many reasons as possible to come back often. Yeah, so a few strategies for that would be? It really starts with the assumption that you have a customer database. So if anybody is listening to this podcast and you haven't been proactively building your customer database, you know, get building your list. I'll, I'll, I'll also call it your list. This is the first thing you need to do. Bob, we might need to have you back and cover that just oh, okay. as a single topic, that alone, because that is so crucial. You can't build a relationship if you don't have the contact information. Right. You know, I never would have been able to build a relationship with my wife, Susan. Joe and Sam, our sons, would not be here if I hadn't asked her for her phone number and invited her to a dinner party I was having, right? Yes. You can't build a relationship. Right. And have her say yes, right? <laughs> that's right. They say, yeah, that's right. So, so uh, assuming you have a, a customer database, the first thing I would do is I would go in and I would look at who hasn't been in, in uh, 90 days or even six, let's say six months, because we this is a pandemic thing. And I would reach out. Uh, I would send an email. I would send a postcard. Mm -hmm. And I would give them a gift certificate. There you go. Uh, no strings attached. Yep. A gift certificate. Because a gift certificate, uh, people treat coupons like trash. Mm -hmm. They treat gift certificates like cash. Cash, totally. If you send them a coupon. Yep. It's burning in your wallet. And that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. It turns into money in their hands. So I would give them a gift certificate 
to come into your store. Why? Because the rule of reciprocity will get them in the store mm-hmm. and things like that. That's one. And that's the simplest strategy. Yep. Pick a date sometime in the past. Find everybody who uh, hasn't been in uh, past that. You, you might want to segment it one more time and say, who are my high value customers? Who are the people who are spending a lot of money pre-pandemic but haven't been in a while? Mm-hmm. And you just have to reach out. You know, giving them a gift certificate is, I think, the most effective way to talk to a to to contact a lot of people. But let, let's just say that you were in the bike business, and uh, you had somebody who bought a new bike from you every year for the last ten years, and all of a sudden they didn't buy a bike from you last year. I'd call them on the phone. Mm. I'd say, I missed you. Mm-hmm. Hey, what can I do for you? You know, the point is, is that those people are still probably buying what you're selling and you just need to somehow interrupt their current buying patterns and reestablish their buying pattern being they come into your store. Yep. Reactivate. Yep. Reactivate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could spend... Well, we could spend a a whole two hours on, you know, recency, frequency, value, segmenting lists. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of sophisticated strategies. We'll do that on the next show. Okay. But the essence of it is, is find the people who haven't been in a while and reactivate them as customers. It's the most efficient way to get your business back you know, unhealthy. Yeah. Well, that is excellent, excellent advice with really great detail and suggestions, Bob. And I know we're running short on time, but I, I just want to give you an opportunity to go through what Wizbang with an exclamation point retail training <laughs> <laughs> does and what you can offer our listeners. Please tell us how they can find you, how they can join up. Yeah, I appreciate that opportunity, Julie. So there's lots of free opportunities. One, the, the, the best free opportunity is to go to our website, whizbangtraining.com. There's not an exclamation point, okay. but there is an H, W-H-I-Z, bangtraining.com, and sign up for our tip of the week. And so every week we'll send you a high-quality uh, text tip, a written tip, and then we'll send you one episode every Sunday of a 10 minute video called, we call it Real Retail TV. So lots of really great information that's totally free. The second thing that I would recommend is we have a Facebook group called Whizbang Retailers and there's 5,000 members and you know it's relentlessly positive. If anybody gets on and starts whining, they immediately get shut down, but it's very, very active and it's nice. a great place to get great information. And then of course we have products and programs that you can buy. Uh, most importantly, our best value in it's it's not inexpensive, but the best investment you can make in your business is to invest in our retail mastery system. Uh, it's the most comprehensive training program in the world anywhere for independent retailers anywhere and the story period. And uh, if you really, I mean, if, if you're serious about growing your business and you feel frustrated that you don't have the skills, uh, make that investment. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree, Bob. And I just want to add in your retail success summit. Let's not forget that. Can we tell folks about that too? Yes. So we also produce the world's largest educational event for independent retailers called the Retail Success Summit. 
the last two years it's been virtual, sure, but yeah. uh, typically it happens live and in person in Grand Rapids, Michigan. But I'd like your listeners to imagine being in the room with, you know, 450, 500, you know, relentlessly positive, growth-minded, independent retailers. We've had people come from India, uh, mm. Italy, mm. Uh, you know, people have uh, Australia, people literally come from all over the world mm -hmm. to to this event. And, uh, you know, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, I'm coming over from Birmingham next year. So I'll that's be, great. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll see <laughs> you there. We'll see, we'll see you there. OK. You know, it's always interesting to, to me because uh, there's more there's typically more international visitors than there are visitors or attendees from Grand Rapids where it's being held. Oh, that's crazy. But uh, so, <laughs> and so good. yes, we'd love to see you. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I know you're a busy guy and I really appreciate, and I'm sure the listeners do as well, all of your valuable nuggets of insight, advice, and inspiration. And we definitely need to schedule another episode. So listeners, stay tuned for when that's happening. And in the meantime, Please peruse and visit and sign up for all of Bob's resources at Whizbang Retail Training. And be sure to join us for our next episode of The Main Street Beat. You won't want to miss a beat, so be sure to catch every episode of The Main Street Beat by subscribing anywhere podcasts are available or get new episode alerts directly to your inbox. Just head to MainStreetNation.com to sign up. And be sure to check out all of our resources on how to drum up more business on your Main Street.